Hey, this is Matt McClure here, one of the lead pastors here at TakeOver Church. Thank you so much for checking out this message today. We hope it encourages you. We hope it blesses you. And just a reminder, we have got services every single Sunday at 5 p.m. And we would love to have a chance to meet you, to hear your story, and to welcome you home. Thanks again for listening today. Hope this message blesses you. We are in a series called Outside These Walls. Somebody say, Outside These Walls. We're in a series called Outside These Walls, and I just feel like I can't get away from the stand enough tonight. It's like, leave me alone, bro. Cramp up my style. We're in a series called Outside These Walls, and we started this series, and I know, like, when you hear that phrase, outside these walls, the first thing that pops in your head is one of those rah-rah, Matt's going to start yelling and spitting, probably, but that's kind of what he does, and it's a message about getting outside the church and going and taking over our city, yeah, and... I love those messages. I think the church needs those messages. I, I, I think that we should be far more concerned with people's, uh, the soul well-being of our neighbors than we should our personal checkbook or our finances. We should be more concerned with the poverty thing that's going on here in our city. It's a problem. Poverty is a problem. We should be more concerned with the condition of people. What Christ actually went and died for is, is our money and is all these other things that we make serious about. Is that a part of what comes with salvation? Yeah, he's going to supply all of our needs according to his rich, uh, rich and glory in Christ Jesus. We know that verse. We stand on that verse. We know that God loves if the church and the Christians have money. But really, this is a series and a message series that is more based on getting outside of our walls and making sure that those far from Christ know that he came a long way to love on them and to make a way for them. Amen. But for us, it's more than that as well. Because we can have these message series, we can have these messages that are about going and telling your neighbor and occupying your workplace and all these things for Jesus. We can do that. And we've preached those messages and we will preach those messages again. But this is a message series that I kind of want to take a little bit deeper because often I find that there's some work that needs to be done on the inside of us before we can ever get outside these walls. That if we're going to get outside these walls, sometimes getting outside these walls is more about needing things done on the inside of us and less about the needs on the outside. Because once we're in here and we take what fills us up here, we're no longer going to be looking outside for things to fill us up and to fulfill us and bring us satisfaction. No, no, no. We're going to be satiated. We're going to be filled to the brim and overflowing from what comes and happens inside this church, right? And it's when... We take that, what we're filled up with, and we go outside these walls, and we begin to pour that out is when we actually make a difference out there. So really, this is a series about, yes, at the end of the day, getting out there and telling somebody about Jesus, because the world needs to hear. I don't care how long the church has been around. I don't care how many churches are in Grand Rapids. I don't care what West Michigan has looked like or done before. No, 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 no. We are a church for today, amen? And they need you and me, but before they need you and me, you and me, we need to get something straight with the Lord, and we need to be filled up on the inside and then pour it out on the outside, Amen. So last week we preached a message called Soaked Up. Somebody say, Soaked Up? Soaked Up? It was so soaked up. I don't know. It, that's a dumb joke. It was a message called Soaked Up. And really it was kind of what Kelsey talked about a moment ago. And we read this piece of scripture that said um, about the, um, we are basically the good soil, right? We're basically soil. And, and God is going to send the rain. What is the rain? It is the word. It is the worship. It is this moment where two or more are gathered in his, uh, in his name. There he is in the midst of us. So where his presence is, his power is. 
And you and I, we have a responsibility to respond to that. One or two things can happen. The writer of Hebrews was putting us on notice in the church, and he was saying to you and to me, you know, no, 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 you can, you can absorb this word. You can take in this worship. You cannot let these moments go by. And when you do that and you take advantage of what God is trying to do in those moments, you will begin to uh, just reap a harvest. You'll begin to produce a good crop and a good fruit and all these things. What are good crops and good fruit? Our callings, our destinies, what we're here to do, our gifts, our talents, all of these things will become a bountiful in our lives lives begin to manifest in our lives and come about in our lives and we will see that be produced in our lives right but if we don't occupy this time in this space and we just let the words go by and the worship happen and all these things happen we can just come into church like any other person and we can attend and we can sit and that can be it if that's us all that rain's getting poured out all that good rain all those things all those promises of god we're here and we ain't receiving any of it, it's just kind of falling on us well, then we're going to produce thorns and thistles, and we ain't going to be any good for anybody. So that's what we preached about last night. Soaked up. I love it. So tonight, if you're taking notes, where my note takers at? All right, all the hands that go up. Here on my shame list. Okay, good. See him? All right, kidding. I got the bright light in my eyes right here. Boom. Um, awesome. If you're taking notes tonight, title of my message is this. Y'all ready? Yeah. Write this down. Heart like heaven. Would you turn and tell your neighbor and say, hey, do you have a heart like heaven? Because you look like heaven. You good looking. You know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> Fantastic. And we got a little bit of scripture tonight. Just a little bit of scripture tonight. Heart like heaven. We're coming out of Proverbs 21. If you got your Bible tonight, who's got a Bible in the house? Fantastic. Love it. Okay. It's also going to be up on the big Bible back here. Proverbs 21, 1 through 2. This is bite-sized tonight, but man, it is filling. You ready? The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. Verse 2. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. I'm going to read that one more time because it's so short and so good. Ready for this? The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. Ooh, I can't wait to unpack that tonight. Y'all mind if we pray before we go any further? Jesus, I just thank you so much for tonight. God, I thank you that we can be in here and there doesn't have to be any preconceived ideas of how we should be. That we just get to come to church and in this judgment-free zone, God, and we get to meet with your people. We get to meet together. We get to be here in your presence, Jesus. So God, in this moment, just show up like we want you to. Show up like we hoped you would. Show us, show up like you promised that you would. In and through this service and the rest of this night, God, have your way. Show your promises. Bring it to fruition, God. Shake some things loose in our minds and in our hearts and in our souls tonight, God, and bring some healing. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for your purpose over our lives. We thank you for what you're about to do through the word. In Jesus' mighty name, a faithful church said, amen. All right. Heart like heaven. Man, that is a fun title, isn't it? Heart like heaven. When I say that, I don't know if you're like me, and, and I'm a pastor, so you can judge me if you will. When I say the phrase, heart like heaven, man, I get a little bit nervous. Like, heart like heaven, that kind of sounds like a tall order, doesn't it? Some of you are looking at me like, we don't even know what a heart like heaven is, Matt. But like, we're going to get there, okay? We're going to get there. But when I think about the term and the word and the verbiage and the phrase, Heart like heaven. Man, that just seems inconceivable. 
That just seems unattainable. I don't know how as a man, as a, as a husband, as a Christian, as a Jesus follower, let alone a pastor, I don't know that I can attain a heart like heaven. That's a huge message, though. That's a huge thing to put on you. That's a huge thought to provoke tonight. But I think if there's anything that we've learned in the Word of God, and, I, and, and some of you, I hope tonight that you leave here with the Scripture. It's not going to be up on the big screen because it's not really a part of what's going on. But if you ever think that what God says about you, like a heart like heaven, having a heart like heaven, if you think that's too big or too unattainable or you could never get that, just know that the Bible says in Ephesians 3.20 that he is able to do exceedingly above all that you could ask, dream, or imagine. Some of us need to leave here tonight and know that our God is still able. Some of us need to leave. If you don't leave with anything else tonight but some hope for yourself, know that he's not done, that you're not dead, that he has more for your life, and he is able to do exceedingly above all that you could ask, dream, or imagine. God, that dream that you have, that calling that you have, that, that relationship that you want so bad with your parent that's been distant, hurt for years, whatever it is, marriage, reconciliation, Man, our God is able. And he can definitely give you a heart like heaven and leagues above that. Do you believe it tonight? Yes. No, we don't need to say anything else. Let's go home. No, I'm kidding. But I love this phrase, a heart like heaven, because I look at this piece of scripture, right? I look at this piece of scripture, and it says, the king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord, and he turns it wherever he will. I love that verse. I love what the writer of Proverbs is trying to say. Is there any kings in the house tonight? Yeah, yeah. Six of you? I know there's a lot more guys in here. What? Is there any kings in the house tonight? Yeah. Do I got any queens in the house tonight? <laughs> is there anybody that would profess that you are royalty in the house tonight? Where's your hands? Royalty, royalty, royalty. <laughs> If your hand's not up, then you don't know, but let me tell you, you are, because you are a part of this thing called the kingdom of heaven. I love this verse. To start off with verse one, you're like, this is a tiny piece of scripture to read tonight. Yeah, but it says a lot. It says a lot. I love this. He says, the king that puts his hand or his heart in the hand of the father, it's like a stream of water, and he decides where it will go. There's something that we got to learn about this verse. There's something that we got to discuss about this verse, is that when he says when, where's it at? That when he says the, his, the king's heart is in a stream of water in the hand of the Lord, he turns it wherever he will. The he and the he turns it wherever he will isn't the king. The he and he turns it wherever he will is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. It ain't talking about the man. It's talking about God. I love that. And then the second part of that verse, and he says this right here. Ready? He says, in every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. So the writer of Proverbs is kind of putting us on notice. In the first verse, he is saying, a king, a queen, a Christian, a Jesus follower, an old one, a mature one, a young one, a new one, a boy, a girl, a Jesus follower, no matter who you are, if your heart is in the hand of the Father, he will direct that wherever he wishes. And in that second part of that verse that he says, but every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. I love that. I love that because he's putting us on notice and he is saying the heart of a Jesus follower, when it's in its proper place, when it's in my hand, not in your hand, when it's in my hand and not somebody else's hands, but when it's in my hand alone, you are your most effective. You are in your truest form. You are in your purest form. You are Super Saiyan level 80,000. No, I'm kidding. I don't even know what that means. 
You have ascended and you have grown and you are there. That is the place that God desires you to be, your heart firmly in his hand. But then the writer of Proverbs says that next verse and it's like, wait, 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 wait. we just got done talking about kings and we just got talking about queens. We got done talking about God and how he decides the stream of our heart. And, and wait, now, now we're talking about a man and how a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. Do you know what that says to me? And I hope it says it to you tonight because there's a couple things I want to unpack out of the second part of the verse. It's that that means that not just the world, not just unbelievers, not just people who aren't yet following Jesus, but Christians as well, that there are things in our lives as men and as women that we are under the, we are mistaken that some of the things that we believe are right are right that some of the hills that we've chose to die on are actually hills that you and I need to die on, that some of the battles that we found ourselves fighting are actually battles that are ours to fight, that we have now come and we have some preconceived ideas of what is right and what is wrong in this world, what is just and what is unjust, that we have some things in our lives that in our heart feels right to us to either do or don't do, places to go that we should go or shouldn't go. There are some things in our lives that we have developed this mindset around that this is right or this is true or this is just. And God is saying a man in his right, is right in his own eyes. Because who wants to be wrong? Am I right? Is there anybody here who wants to be wrong all the time? I am wrong a lot. Okay? That's what wives are for. It's awesome. I love it. Makes me better every day. But a man is right in his own eyes. But it's the Lord that weighs the heart. And that tells me, friends, that there is some excavation that needs to be done, that there is some digging that needs to be done, that there are some things in our lives that the Lord needs us to bring to the table. If he's prepared us a table amongst our enemies, there's some things that he needs to bring out on that table and on the inside of us, and they are up for negotiation. And the negotiation goes like this. I didn't say that. That's not for you. I have more for you. I have better. You shouldn't see people that way. You shouldn't view people that way. You shouldn't think of people that way. You shouldn't have prejudice in your heart that way. You shouldn't feel this way about this. You should feel this way about this. You feel like this, but this is better. There are some things in our lives that we think are absolutely right because of how we grew up, because of where we come from, because of uh, the parents that had us or what experiences we had as a children. There are things in this life no matter who you are, where you're from, if you're from the hood or you're from the country, if you're from a big city or a little city, if you're from an alcoholic home or a perfectly put together white picket fence minivan Christian home with a Jesus fish on the back of it, there are things in our lives. <laughs> that was a good one, right? I got some, I got some smiles. Like, yeah, that was my parents. You're funny. But so there are some things in our lives that are up for negotiation because he says, every way in a man's eye seems right. Because you do it. And of course, you're never wrong. You're human. But it's the Lord that weighs the heart. And so I love this verse for a lot of different reasons. I love this verse because of this idea of having a heart like heaven. Because a king or a queen, a Jesus follower whose heart is in the hand of the Father, is like a stream of water. And he decides where it goes how it flows, who it flows to, where it flows out of, how it comes out of you, and where it goes, how it's received. This is our God. When our heart is firmly placed in his hands, he decides. But when we're right, and when we think we got it all together, when it's what Matt says goes, man, if you live in my house, that's a bad way to live. Because your boy's wrong. But when your heart is firmly in the Father's hand, he gets to decide. This is obedience. 
a heart like heaven, it is an obedient heart. So why is this a problem? What does this have to do with getting outside these walls? Can I be frank with you tonight? Does anybody even know what that means? I remember being in vocabulary class growing, growing up, and uh, we had like those 10, uh, 10 word sheets in vocab class, and I remember Frank being on there, and I was like, uh, Mr. Grimard, Mr. Grimard, that's a name. That's not even a word. I failed. It was epic, because a name's not a word, Matt. But can I be frank with you guys tonight? A heart like heaven. We're in 2018. We're in the world that we are. And we had a prayer request tonight. Again, this didn't even need to be touched on. We had a prayer request tonight that was talking about our divided nation. Whether it's religion, whether it's politics, whether it's uh, races, color, creed, tongue, all of these things. We are in a country right now that is in a fragile, broken place. We are in a world right now, if you know what's going on in the world, you tune into the news, you know what's happening in Saudi Arabia and in Pakistan and some of these other places that just took place this last week. There are things in this world that are happening right now that are unexplainable, that are absolutely heartbreaking, and that you know what? We got a lot of people yelling about it, but not a lot of people doing anything about it. Because our God, he actually wants to be in this conversation. And so what our world needs, the reason I bring up a heart like heaven, our world doesn't need a bunch of well-meaning Christians who come to church, who serve for an hour and a half. They serve in kids' ministry, coming soon, by the way. They come in and they serve for a little bit, right? They check in, they punch out, they leave, and they call that hour and a half of being at church being the hands and feet of Jesus. No, no, what our world needs is some people whose heart is firmly in the hands of the Father, and there ain't nowhere we won't go, there ain't nobody we won't run to there ain't nothing no problem that's too big for our god that he can't send us to am i preaching to anybody tonight a heart like heaven man i want to have a heart like heaven because i look around this world and i look around this country and i look around grand rapids even it's funny because humans we were praying over Hurricane Michael, and you know what? I bet most of us in this room didn't even know Hurricane Michael existed because the world is so big. There's all these things happening. It seems like there's a hurricane hitting Florida like every other week. That's not a joke. That's a tragedy. It feels like there's a hurricane all the time, and we become desensitized to these huge problems that are going on. People's lives are being literally flipped upside down. Their hard work, their security, the things that they spent their lives building are ripped to shreds in a moment while they're fearing for their lives and holding on to their babies. And this happens all the time in America. But we just never hear about it because we become so desensitized. So if we hear about it again, we're at McDonald's, the news is playing, we're getting our McCafe because it's delicious and we hear about it and we're like, oh, another hurricane. And we never think about it again. There are things going on in this world. And there's things going on in Grand Rapids. If you have ever drove around Grand Rapids in this neighborhood alone, man, there's a couple of roads where you come from Wealthy Street and then you get over here and it's night and day. I mean like bad and bougie houses, you know what I'm saying? Like there's Bentleys, there's Maseratis, there's all of these things. And all of a sudden you pass one street sign. Same road, just one street, one cross street. You cross it. And it's extreme poverty in this city alone. And in this world today, in a divided country, when we're looking for politicians to be our superman, and we're looking for somebody in a vote to actually matter and to change things. I'm not saying don't vote. Voting coming up pretty soon. You should go vote. I'm not saying that. Do what you can with what God has placed in your hand. And when you're in America, you actually have the right to say something about it. So you should do that. 
Yeah, you ain't never heard somebody say it before. Oh, use what God's put in your hand. And then the pastor talks about voting. You're like, oh, wait. <laughs> because we don't want to talk about politics. But politics have things to do with people. Politics affect people. And what I remember Jesus came for, he didn't come for politics. He came for people. Heart like heaven. So I look around this city. And I see people divided. I see a world and a country called these United States, which I am blessed to live in and blessed to be a part of. Don't ever get it twisted. I love this place that I am so blessed and so lucky to live and be born in and have a wife in and all of these things in a beautiful church and full of beautiful people. I am so grateful and blessed. Don't ever get it twisted. But that blessing that I have doesn't negate the very real hurt that other people are experiencing. And there are people in this country right now to this day that are still using, which blows my mind, and I don't know how they haven't been slapped. They're using the word of God to actually still hold down and oppress other people. Genders, people of color, different color. We're still using it to protest and rally, and we're doing all these things, and we are using the word of God to harm people. I'm sorry, friends. That's not what my Bible was written for. That's not what my Jesus went to the cross for. That's not what my God intervened in my history for. No, no, no. He is the great uniter, not the great divider. Amen. He is the great uniter, not the great oppressor. Amen. This is who he is, and he has called you and I to have a heart like heaven. So what does that mean? A heart like heaven is a heart that won't ever look at a situation and run the other direction. It's a heart that says, you know what? Me and my God are with me. My God is for me. Who can stand against me? It is courage. It is boldness. Bold as a lion, our Bible says. And we are able to look certain death in the face and overcome it. And we are able to go down the darkest of alleyways and pull out one more person. We are able to go to the streets. We are able to go to our workplaces. We are going to any and every situation that we could possibly find ourselves in because our heart is firmly placed in his hand and he's sending us there. So how do we get this heart like heaven, right? Because that's what our city needs. Because the great tragedy for me is with this. I never want to be a church. I never want to be a pastor. I never want to be a Jesus follower. That we're our social media and our marketing here at church. We have a phrase that we are a home for anybody and everybody. But I never want it to be said about Takeover Church that, yo, I was out. I saw Matt outside, and he didn't have the time of day for me. I came to church Sunday. I know he had to preach. I know he has things, but my world was falling apart. And then I see him at Madcap enjoying his beautiful latte while taking a photo of his Instagram and just getting the right shade going on. And he didn't have the time to talk to me and hear about my mess, about my struggle, about how my week's been. It was, oh, hey, hey, dismissal. I'm going to break that beeping noise with a lightning strike from heaven. Thank you, Sean. But I never want it to be said that Takeover Church, yeah, they got a sweet marketing campaign. And being a home for anybody and everybody sounds really good. And it's really marketable. And it looks great on Facebook. And it does great on the gram. And we get a lot of post likes. And man, they're, they're killing it. Those videos they got, oh, that's sick. That church looks like a lot of fun. They're a home for anybody and everybody? That's amazing. I never want it to be found out or said or experienced by anybody that we're a church that's a home for anybody and everybody, but we're not a people that's for anybody and everybody. I don't want to be a church that just opens our doors and says to the outside, come inside, because once you're inside, we're a home for anybody and everybody. And then between the hours of 4.30 and about 8 o'clock, oh, no, 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 that's, that's the set time that that exists for, because once I leave, 
No, no, no. That was at church. Church is a home for anybody and everybody. Not my home. Not my personal time. Not, not what I got going on. Not, not while I'm working. Not while I'm doing my thing. I never want it to be said of Takeover Church that a home for anybody and everybody was simply something they experienced online but they didn't feel here. And I never want it to be said of Takeover Church that that was something that we said here but they didn't feel once we met up with them out there. Once we ran into them in the streets. Once we came across them at Founders. Wherever we were. Once we came across them. They didn't feel that love that they felt here that day. I never wanted to be set at Takeover Church because Takeover Church, for me and this house, we're going to be a house that says we are a home for anybody and everybody and we are a people for anybody and everybody. Amen? Oh, man. Yeah, that's a great organization. That's a great slogan for an organization, but the second they meet the organism, the living, breathing family, the loving, breathing family, the moving and equipped family, Suddenly they didn't feel that love, but for this church and for you people and for all of us involved with this community, we are not going to be an organization that rests on meetings. We are going to be an organism that goes out and loves, and we don't have rest until every single person in Grand Rapids in the 5907 and every other uh, area code in the city has heard the name of Jesus and how much he actually loves them. That when the devil comes to their home, it is well with their soul. That they're safe beneath the wings of grace. That there's no place that they were ever made to be. This is what Takeover Church stands for. And we are going to be a church and we are going to be a community that has a heart like heaven. So Matt, how do we get a heart like heaven? I am so glad that you asked. How do we get a heart like heaven? Man, I think there's, I think there's some of us tonight, and myself included, because I don't think anybody has a perfect heart. I don't think anybody is there. Our Bible actually says in Ezekiel that I will cut off the outer layer of your old heart, and I will create in you a new heart. There are some people in here tonight that God wants to create a new heart in, because there's, layer, there's levels to this player. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, there's levels to this player. There's levels to this player. Do you know what the levels are? There's levels to this player. There is. You could be in a church and not be a Christian. You can be a Christian, but not be a Jesus follower. You can be a Jesus follower, but that doesn't mean that every single piece and every single place of your heart, every vessel of your being is firmly rested in the hand of God. There are levels to this. If you're not a Christian in this place tonight, but you're here, man, I'm so grateful you're here because you're the reason we do this for. Because we love you, and so does our Jesus. If you're a Christian in this place, but you wouldn't say you're necessarily a Jesus follower, like, I'm a Christian, and, and I go to church, and, you know, I voted Republican for whatever that's worth. I did these things. That was a joke. Nobody got it? It's cool. Don't worry about it. I'm not saying anything either way. I'm just saying. Pointing out some things. Usually fall in line. But I go to church. But I'm a Jesus follower, but the thing about following Jesus is that Jesus is always leading me somewhere. And if, if Jesus isn't leading you to people, then I don't know that you're actually following Jesus. Because if you're following Jesus, you should be having interactions with people about how good he is and about how great they are and that God plays purpose and identity and great things on the inside of them and they're not broken down and they're not beaten, they're not too damaged and too far off for the God to love them. This is a heart like heaven. Because you could be a Jesus follower and not have a heart like heaven because there are things on the inside of us. We can still be following Jesus. And we can be led to people. But all of a sudden, he brings that person in your line. Jesus leads you to them. And you're like, nah. I got safe search on because that's not safe. They don't look cleaned up. They don't look like somebody I'd interact with. They got too many problems. Their situation's too messed up. And Jesus is like, all right. Because he's going to love you where you're at. 
And he's going to lead you to one of these other people. And he's going to be like, no, 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 no. I saw somebody look just like that person on the news. They blew something up. Oh, wind went out the room with that one. They look like that. I ain't going to talk to them. I can't be seen with them. No, 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 no. What will my Christian friends say? I'm at the mall. We're hanging out. I'm with the babe crew. And God says I should talk to this person. Or I can see that they're having a hard time. But they look very different than me. They're not as cleaned up. They're a different ethnicity than I am. A different color than I am. No. Because I grew up and somebody that looked just like that did this situation when I was a child. But a heart like heaven? Because I don't know if you know this, but I want to tell you tonight. Heaven isn't white. We have these grand pictures of heaven and bright lights and it's beautiful and it's white and these golden brick streets and all these things. I love it. And you get the crown of glory and there's jewels in it and all these things that the Bible tells us and I believe it all. Okay? But on those gold streets and in those crowns with jewels are people that will look very differently than you, that are living very different lives than you right now. There are people who are walking those streets that will be your neighbor in heaven one day that have different skin color than you, that have different history than you do, that have a different tongue than you do, who come from a different place than you do. And guess what? Heaven is for everyone. Jesus is for everyone. Our Jesus didn't go to the cross for a white man or for anybody else. He came for anybody and everybody. It actually says, I came to give them life and life to the full. Not life and life to the full to this people group or to that people group or this elite people group. No, no, no. I came to give them life and life to the full. Followed up by, he went to the cross, endured that pain, all of that, so that maybe, with the hopes that maybe, he could reconcile the entire world back onto himself that some of them would come home. Friends, I want to tell you tonight, if you don't know, color is beautiful. And my favorite color is red because red was shed and red was shed so that all people, you may not feel equal out there on the streets. Your world may not tell you that you're equal. Your country may not tell you that you're equal. Your neighbor may not tell you that you're equal. But your God, he went to the cross and he equalized everything. He leveled the playing ground because all are welcome in the kingdom of God. Do you believe it? Far out. I'm angry. Y'all got me angry. Oh. So how do we get a heart like heaven? That's a good question. I was, that's where I was going before I got off on that. How do we get a heart like heaven? In just a minute, we're going to go back into worship, and we're going to sing a really great song. It's called Nothing I Hold On To. Rusty and I and the team, we didn't even plan that. That's just called Providence because I think uh, tonight God actually wants to move in your lives, and he actually wants you to bring some things to that table and set them down and allow him to uh, remove them from you tonight and, and replace them with something better. In just a moment, we're going to do that. I got, I got a little bit more message to preach. I don't know where I'm at right now, but we could. Oh, 627? I got to start going. We're good. I'm about, to, I'm about to hit this. But having a heart like home goes like this, or a heart like heaven goes like this. If you want to have a heart like heaven and you're done living the way that you have been, even as a Christian, like that's great. That's a really great place to start. Even as a Jesus follower, that's another great level to be at. Because those are the levels, right? You can be a non-Christian, but in a church. Okay, that's good. Glad you're here. Good, good. Then you come to know Jesus and you make him Lord and Savior of life. All right, awesome. Good. You're in the family. Welcome home. I love it. And then you start following Jesus and you sign up for a team and you, and you start allowing yourself to be used by God and you get involved. We talked about that last week. You're no longer just absorbing everything, but you're using your gifts and your talents here and you're giving back so that other people can get that good reign, so that other people can grow. You're going out in your world and you're going to anybody, Right? 
And then once we get to this place called a heart like heaven, it's going, there isn't a single person, people, group, or place that God could ever ask of me to go to and I wouldn't go to. There isn't a single situation in this world that he doesn't want to have a, a part in the conversation on and he's going to send me to be a part of it. There isn't a single story that I couldn't hear that he wouldn't send me to so that I could hear it. There is no story off limits. There is no hurt off limits. There is no person or dream in the city that is off limits to me because I have a heart like heaven. He can send me to that dream and I'm going to speak into it. He can send me that hurt and I'm going to mourn with it, cry with it, and then I'm going to speak hope into it. He can send me to those people and I'm going to love them as if I was Jesus himself. Amen. That's a heart like heaven. So how do we attain that? It's in this moment of worship that we're about to get into in just a few minutes, and I want to encourage you in that moment. Ask God. Examine yourself. I want to use some words here that are probably going to make you feel uncomfortable. Um, they are. I think so. Um, I want us to examine ourselves. Okay. We're in a city that I'm going to call probably one of the most segregated cities still on this planet, okay? It is. You can drive around, take the blinders off, people. The Blue Bridge is not the only part of Grand Rapids. There's a whole other part. There's Kentwood. There's Wyoming. There's Northeast Side. There's Southtown. There's all these places. Take, take the blinders off. Take a drive around, okay? We're in a city that's really segregated. We're in a city and in a world today where not even Christians, but people who are outside these walls who could use the hope that you and I have on the inside of us. They have no hope. They have hurt. They have brokenness. They, they do the same thing all the time, asking for the same results, and it's not working. And they need an answer. They need an anecdote to their problems that's on the inside of you and I. The happens on the inside of these walls. They need that. Okay? But the city... There's people in it that are hurt, that are broken, and they are divided. They're not only divided against themselves, they're divided against the church. They not only turn on themselves, they're certainly not turning to church. So if they're not turning to church, then the church has to turn towards them. If they're not coming into the church, the church has to go out and go towards them. But it can't be the same church they've experienced before because, friends, I don't, I'm not going to make any apologies for it, okay? You and I, we were made today on purpose, for a purpose, and with a purpose. I'm not going to apologize for what the previous church, whether it was West Michigan, the United States of America, or the world at whole, has done, okay? Our God, he majors in both history and current events, okay? He sees the beginning to the end and the end to the beginning. He sees it all, amen? This is our God, right? So guess what? He made you for such a time as this to have a heart like heaven because this world needs you. Whatever the church lacked before us, we got a chance to double back on that, double down on it, and make good on that promise. Amen. We are responsible for what they did back then. We're responsible for the city and the world that he has us in now. We are responsible for this city. We're not responsible for what they didn't do or what they did do. We're not responsible for the things and the glory that he did and the revivals that he had in the 1800s. We're not responsible for that. We're responsible for sparking the revival that he's going to have in 2018. This year is not done. He's not done. The revival can still happen, whether it's Takeover Church or somewhere else. I want to see it in Grand Rapids. Are you with me? Yeah. This is our God. But he needs some Christians who are willing to look at their heart and say, hey, God, Is there a part of me? Is there a part of me that has any prejudice in my heart or in my soul? 
God cares about your circumstances. He cares about your situation. He cares about your health. He cares about your, your, your money. He cares about your wellness. He cares about all those things. But the thing that he went to the cross for, first and foremost, was for people. I love that my phone just done. That's awesome. But he went to the cross for people. Not circumstances. Not situations. That's a byproduct of it. He's got you. He's got you covered. If you need to hear that tonight, he's got you covered. Whatever anxiety he has, you have, he's got you covered. But he came for people. And so I want to ask in 2018, band, you can make your way back up here. We're going to get into nothing I hold on to. I want to ask you right now. Is there any area in your heart, maybe it's your past, parts of your history, things that you've withheld from your closest friends, things that have happened to you, things that have caused you to feel a certain way, views of your parents, whatever it is, are there things on the inside of you? Are there vessels in your heart that are not firmly placed in his hand yet? Are there places in your heart that are not firmly placed in, your, in his hand yet? Maybe half your heart is in his hand. Maybe you've been led to some people, but maybe there's some people groups and there's some places that you haven't been willing to go. The preferences have to come off. There is no preference in heaven but human. There are no races in the kingdom of God. There is only human race. We're not black, white, yellow, all of these other things. It's not English, American, Pakistan, Middle Eastern. It's not any of these things. It's human race. I don't know how we ended up in this place, but I know that a heart like heaven is a heart that has room and availability to go to anybody and everybody, despite their history or their skin color or what they've been involved in. That's a heart like heaven. So I want to ask tonight that when we sing Nothing I Hold On To, I want you to lift your hands and I want you to sing the words and I want you to stand up and I want you to shout and I want you to interact with our God. And I want you to take advantage of his presence in this place. Because again, where his presence is, there his power is. But if your heart is not firmly placed in his hand, he cannot heal those areas that need to be healed. If you haven't exposed it to him, he knows it's there. But if you haven't told him, he's not going to move in that because he's a good God and he's a gentleman. If your heart is not firmly placed in his hand, he cannot begin to reshape it and remold it and make it better and make it cleaner and make it healthy and make it well. If there are things that you are holding on to tonight that keeps you from running to another person that Jesus Christ went to the cross for, if there's something in your heart that's stopping you from getting outside these walls, then we're going to lift our hands and we're going to say, Holy Spirit, there ain't nothing I hold on to. Take it. Have it all. My prejudice, my history, my experience, my hopes, my dreams, my worries, my doubt. Whatever it is, take advantage of this moment because there are people that are outside these walls that need some hearts like heaven, not well-meaning Christians. Not people who go to a church and they might tithe and they might know the songs and they might know some Bible, but their lives are falling apart just like them. No, 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 no. 
They need some people with some hearts like heaven that are willing to leave the pulpit, leave the pedestal, leave the suburbs, and run to right where they are and interrupt their story and their history and their future. Are you with me? Can you stand? We're going to pray. We're going to get into this tonight. head bowed and eyes closed right now. Often we save this part of service for after the worship song, but I just feel like we got to do it now. I feel like right now is the moment. So if you're in this place, there's nobody looking around. There's nobody judging. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. And no one's talking. No one's looking at you. No one's taking inventory of who's a Christian, who's not, or who has issues and who doesn't. But if that's you tonight, and you would say right now that, yeah, I've heard about Jesus, and I've heard about God, and I may have gone to church, but tonight... I want to be a Jesus follower. I want to be activated. I want to be alive. I want to live with a purpose bigger than myself. I want to play a role in shaping history. Those history classes that they teach, I want to be a part of a movement that they will teach about. I want to play a role in this city and in this earth and in the lives of the people in my life. And if you want to know Jesus, if that's you right now, no one, two, three, just put your hand up right where you are. Yeah, I see that hands. Three other hands. Yeah. Amazing. You put those hands down, you're good. I'm going to pray over you. And we're going to get into the song. And during the song, please purpose this moment. Take inventory of your heart. Let God do some reconstruction tonight. He's not ashamed of you. He's not mad at you. He can't believe it's not there. It's none of that. He is so proud and he is so happy of the decision that you are making because you are going to be the most effective son and the most effective daughter that you have ever been after this moment. So Jesus, I just thank you for those hands that went up a moment ago, God. I thank you that those lives are fully submitted to you right now, God, that they are just going to be a Christian that goes to church. They're going to be the church, God. They're not just going to be Jesus followers with preferences. They're going to go to anybody and everybody and anywhere at any time. God, I just thank you for those hearts that are fully submitted to you right now. And what you're doing right now in this room, God, Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way. God, we lay this down. There is zero. There is nothing that we hold on to, God. We want to have a heart like heaven for our name sake, for our kids' sake, for the future's sake, God. We have a divided and broken and fractured and hurting world, and we need a church that says, we're going to bring heaven to you. We're going to bring Jesus to you. Don't worry if you don't come here. We're bringing Jesus to you. So give us that, God. Give us that heart like heaven. In Jesus' mighty name, there's nothing I hold on to. Amen.